There's been a lot of blessings that I've been able to experience over the last four years as a priest. There's a, a little unexpected blessing that kind of came to my, foref- my forethought as I was preparing for Mass this, for this weekend. When I was growing up, I'd go to Mass usually every Sunday and occasionally would go to Mass, you know, during the week once or twice or so. As I went into college and became more involved in my faith and the Lord became more real, I would go to daily Mass more often. Not every day, but as the schedule allowed and as classes in between there, I'd hit some daily Masses. Then when I'd go to the seminary, we'd go to Mass every day as part of the seminary schedule for those six years. Went to daily Mass pretty much every single day. And in a lot of, um, almost all of those times, I never, I feel like I always struggled to fully pay attention to things that were going on. Your mind just wanders, you zone out, you start thinking about what you got to do next. I know nobody here ever struggles with that. Everyone's just locked in all the time. But so your mind wanders, right? And so I never really paid much attention, particularly to the prayers that the priest would pray. The opening prayer, the collect of the Mass, the different prayers, the preface, the Eucharistic prayer. Either because I just, you'd hear them all the time, so I just kind of zone out because I know what he's going to say. Or I'm just thinking about something else. Admittedly, sometimes those prayers just sound a little confusing, so it's hard to follow with what the prayer is actually trying to get across. But since being ordained, and obviously I have to read those prayers... It forces me to kind of pay attention to the words that I'm saying. And I've been struck so often at how the meaning, the words of those prayers, there's there's a lot of beautiful things in there. Things the Lord lifts up, things that we're praying for, different realities that are contained in those texts that for most of my life, it just kind of went right over my head. I wasn't really paying attention. But there's been a gift in hearing and really meaning the words that I'm praying when I pray those prayers. And I say that because that happened as I was preparing for Mass this weekend. There's a line in the collect, the opening prayer for Mass, that really jumped out at me, especially in light of the gospel that we heard today. What we prayed for in the opening prayer of the Mass today was this. That amid the uncertainties of this world, our hearts would be fixed on that place where true gladness is found. We pray that amidst all the uncertainties of this world, that our hearts would be fixed on the one place where true gladness is found. I think something that I know, I I think we can all agree on, is that there there are very few things, if anything in life, that is certain. Our life is full of uncertainties. And it's just when we least expect it, everything seems to change. The things that we took for granted now just go away. Events that happen, dynamics that change, relationships that change. Three years ago, taught us that nothing in life is certain. Not even the, uh, the ability that we have to come to Mass. Right? Nothing in life is certain. There are so few things that we can really root ourselves on. And although it seems like life is just one thing after the next, one, here's one more uncertainty, and then I root myself here, and then that gets taken away, and then I come here, and then that gets taken away, it seems like I'm just going from thing to thing to thing. And although it continually happens, we never really get used to it. It always feels like the rug is just pulled right out from under us. I'm looking for strong footing. I'm looking for some foundation to stand on, and I just struggle to find it. I know I experienced that personally, just in dynamics with relationships with either friends or family, things going on in my own heart. Experienced that as a priest and the various changes that, can, that, that seem to continually take place. As soon as I find my footing somewhere and I try, try to root my happiness in something and I begin to daydream and the Lord is usually very quick to say, not there. And then I find something else and he says, not there. And then I find something else and he says, not there. 
And he's doing that not because he's mean and likes taking away the things that make us happy, because he doesn't, but rather I think it's an invitation from Jesus. There is only one place, in one person, in which we can fix our hearts that true gladness can be found. There is only one place. And in removing some of the things perhaps that I'm tempted to root myself in or to find my happiness in, the Lord not wanting to, not wanting to, to take it away, but rather just an invitation to refocus. Where do I fix my heart? Where can I find true gladness? And that is in Him. And Him alone. In saying yes to Him. In saying yes to whatever He's asking of us. No matter how scary it might seem. No matter how hard it might seem. In saying yes to Him. And in fixing our hearts there. In Him only can we find true and lasting happiness. I think that's why He asks His apostles the questions that He asked them in the Gospel today. It's not because he was curious or not because he didn't know the answers, because he's God. He knew what was in their hearts. He doesn't need them to say it. But anytime you see Jesus asking a question in the gospel, it's not for his sake, but usually it's for the person who he's asking to. And it's for our sake. I think about last weekend with the Canaanite woman. He, didn't, he wasn't saying those things to her because she didn't know he, he, did, he needed to be mean to her. He wanted to reveal to her, to bring to the surface the things that were lying dormant within her own heart. And so in asking Peter and the apostles these questions, he wants to bring to the surface what's going on there. And so he asked, who do others say that the Son of Man is? Who, what are the other voices that you hear in essence? John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. These are all the other voices that the apostles are hearing. And notice, all the other voices are wrong. Because none of those are the correct answer. And so in that question, he's lifting up, okay, here's what all the other voices are saying. And all those other voices are not correct. So don't, don't put your, your happiness in any one of those other voices that are tempting you to believe other things. And then he asks, very personally, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Jesus knew what Peter would respond. But Jesus wanted to bring maybe to Peter's realization the faith that was lying within there. You are the Christ. You are the Son of God. And in Jesus asking Peter that question, who do you say that I am? In essence, he was asking Peter, am I God to you? Am I your everything? Am I the foundation of your life? And do you trust me with everything that's going on in your life and in your heart? Will you give everything to me? Am I God to you? Or do you think that my power to work in your life has a limit? Only under these conditions can I work in your life. Only if you do this. Only if you understand this. Only when these things happen. Do you only, do I, do you only come to me when you need something? Am I just kind of in the background or on the shelf? Or am I really God to you? Jesus is inviting Peter, the apostles, and us, if you let me, if you let me truly be the God of your life, if you fix your heart on me and on me alone, you will have true and lasting happiness. When life seems so uncertain, and when I have nothing firm to stand on, and I don't know where my life is headed, I will be your foundation. I will be your footing, because I will always be there. And the gates of hell will not stand against me and what I can do in your life. 
That's powerful words that Jesus is lifting up to Peter and the apostles and to us. That if you root your heart, your life, everything in me, if you trust in what I'm doing, even though you may not see it, you will find true and lasting happiness and hell will not stand. If it feels like God is taking things away, if there's all these uncertainties, if I don't know what the Lord is doing, if, I'm, if, if I don't see what God is doing, if maybe like we heard in the second reading today, God's ways are so inscrutable and so far beyond my, understanding, my ability to understand that I just can't grasp it. If I'm standing in that uncertainty, the invitation for us is to dig deeper into the only reality, the only person, the only thing that will provide security, and that is Him and His providence, and nothing else. As I was discerning the call to priesthood, I think that was my greatest desire, that I had fallen in love with Jesus. He changed my life. And I felt like God was inviting me to invite other people into that life-changing reality. That if I give my entire heart to Him without reserve, without holding back, it changes everything. And it becomes the most foundational reality of our lives. Without that, nothing in life makes sense. It's just event after event that I'm trying to make sense of that never seems to actually pan out. But with Him, everything has purpose and everything has meaning. Even the darkest of trials. Because He is the only foundation. God is, yet again it seems, inviting me, inviting us to not root ourselves anywhere but in Him and in His providence. And so although this weekend, this Mass is right up there with one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, I leave confident that God has not and will not stop providing. That if all of us as a parish family root our hearts in Him, give ourselves to Him without reserve, and continue to seek Him with everything that we have, He will not leave us disappointed. He has provided miraculously and will continue to provide miraculously. Hell will not stand against God's plan and God's word. It will not be stopped. And I usually think of that line almost as like, we're on the defensive and hell's attacking and hell's not going to be strong enough. But notice, it's the gates of hell. God is storming hell and those gates are not going to stand. The power here is going to mow all those temptations down if that's where our hearts are rooted. My desire for you has always been that you come to know Jesus, His love for you, and to deepen your relationship with Him, that He would become the sure foundation, and to root your life there and in nobody else. And my prayer is that that pursuit, that pray, like, please God, I hope that that's been an increase over the course of this past year. And I hope that that pursuit doesn't stop. Because as much as we're pursuing the Lord, He is pursuing you all the more. He will not stop pursuing you until He sees, until you see, what He wants to do in your life. Until we can all say with Peter, with confidence, You are God and I give you my everything. In you I root my life, my heart, and nowhere else. As we praise that God today, as we thank Him for the many blessings He's bestowed upon us and upon our community, that's our invitation. We root our hearts in Him and in Him alone. And as we receive Him in the Eucharist, we say, Amen. Lord, You are God, and to You I give my entire heart. May God give us the faith and courage to make that decision, to say that yes as a community today. Amen.